This is Everson Griffin, and you are listening to the Wobcast, hosted by Wobby. Hey everyone, welcome back. It's another edition of the Wobcast. I'm your host, Mike Wobshaw at TCO Studios in Egan, joined as always by co-host and producer, Chris Corso. What's up, dude? What's going on, Wobby? We're, we're, we're real busy with Wobcast. I love it. There's, there's a lot going on at the facility and uh, we're, we're just going to keep recapping everything right here. Yeah, man. We um, There are three weeks of OTAs. We got two of them down. So the final week of OTAs happening right now. Mandatory minicamp on the horizon. So we hope everyone's enjoying the highlights, photo galleries, interviews, and articles from OTAs. That will only ramp up during minicamp next week and, of course, training camp in July and August. A couple of things to get to on today's show. Pat Elfline will join the program. We will rank the Vikings' toughest games on the schedule. Another Viking joins the NFL's top 100 list, and we'll get to some of your mail, of course. But let's kick it off with a second-year stud, one who plays center for the Minnesota Vikings. Chrissy, you caught up with Pat Offline a couple weeks ago during VEN production days. We're going to play that conversation for people in a minute, but what would you think about sitting down and chilling with Pat Elfline? You know, Pat Elfline really had an incredible rookie year. A lot of people, there were articles out there that said Pat Elfline should be in the rookie of the year conversation just hmm. for how he improved. He was right in the middle of that Vikings offensive line that struggled so much the year before with all the injuries. And he just came in from day one and, and did the job. And um, he was walking around during production days and he, and he stopped over here by the radio studio and he, and he just wanted to come check it out. So um, got a chance to sit down with him and uh, really had a good conversation about how he's um, really adjusting to the new quarterback and Kirk Cousins and some of his new teammates. And he even talked about some of the rookies that um, we, we, we have brought in and Brian O'Neill from Pittsburgh, the tackle, as well as the guard, Colby Cassette. So yeah. um, really smart guy, and, and you'll see that right here. So we'll take a listen. Ready. All right, so we have center Pat Elfline here, and you're going through production days right now, and this is your second year. What is it like to just go through these, thing, these things for the second time? You know, it's cool. It's just, you know, time's going quickly. It's going fast, and I remember last year doing this, and crazy it's this time of year again but everything's starting to get ramped up so I know it's exciting speaking of your first year what was it like to just have such a successful season 13 wins obviously a huge playoff win well it kind of ended a little sour there at the end in Philadelphia but what was it like just having so much success in your rookie year it was a lot of fun I mean just winning all those games and doing it with some great teammates great coaches it doesn't really get better than that so um you know we're back to work now and you know, taking it one day at a time. So now you're back on the field, first day OTAs in the books. What's it like to get back out there? You have some new teammates as well. What's it like to be out in the field, new facility, a ton ton of new going on? What's it like being back out there? Yeah, it's it's awesome. I mean, first off, the new facility is amazing. It's top of the line. I don't think there's one better out there. And all the new court or new teammates, especially like you, you just heard me say, the quarterback. Yep. You know, new quarterback. Um, you know, starting to build a relationship with him. Cool. And you know, learning how he you know likes to run the offense and trying to be on the same page. And yeah, it's been it's been fun. We had Kirk in there doing the trivia show, and the first thing he said was, I, I just got back from lunch with Pat Elfline. Yeah. So that was awesome. You guys are spending a ton of time together, it seems like. Yeah, he was up there sitting down, so, you know, popped a seat right next to him, and we talked about just just about everything. <laughs> everything, you know, we were talking about you know, his family, and we were talking about ice cream, and 
you know, <laughs> this went a lot of different ways. So it's it's good. So the Vikings went and drafted a few offensive linemen in the draft this year, and Brian O'Neill and Kobe Gissett were, were two of the big ones. What do you think about those guys coming in here and spending some time with them? Yeah, they're awesome. You know, I've got to hang out with them here and got to know them a little bit off the field too. So uh, some great guys, and uh, they fit in well to our room. All right, well, that'll do it for uh, this week on the Wobcast. Thanks for joining us. I think you were on last year during the middle of the season. And, uh, yeah, yep. One of the one of the big fan questions we had on here was what would be a big jersey for a fan looking to get a player who would be on the team for a long time coming, and we said Pat Elfline for him. Go. So Yeah. That's it. Number 65. All right, that's Pat Elfline. Thanks, Pat, for joining us, and uh, right. we'll see you soon. Thanks. See ya. All right, so we'll go from last year's top-performing rookie, Pat Alfline, to a rookie this year who's been standing out a little bit, and that is cornerback Holton Hill. Not drafted, Chrissy, but was a star at the University of Texas, goes undrafted, and the Vikings foot the bill and convince Holton Hill to join Mike Zimmer's staff. So he's been a guy who's kind of uh, jumped out a little bit to some people who have watched OTAs. Like when OTAs have been open to the media, they've been writing about him a little bit. And then when the Vikings um, a couple, like a month ago, signed Holton Hill, it was a little bit of a headline across the league that, you know, he was sort of a, um, a coveted prospect and the Vikings are the ones who landed him. So it's been kind of fun to follow Holton Hill the last couple of weeks. Well, we talk about these UDFAs each year and how uh, Vikings general manager Rick Spielman continues to put more of an emphasis in his scouting uh, group. They just continue to put more of an emphasis on these UDFAs. And uh, we saw it last year with Eric Wilson, linebacker, uh, to Sean Bauer, all these guys, uh, Aviante Collins, who mm-hmm. all three of those guys made the roster. Right. Um, and they weren't even drafted. So it's really... Um, something that is an emphasis here at the TCO Performance Center and to see a player like Holton Hill who played at a big uh, prestigious school in Texas um, he got some recognition and he got some recognition on NFL Network this week by uh, Tom Pelissero who has been really impressed by the way that um, Kirk Cousins has played Um, he talked about that on his segment on NFL Network but then he went to go and talk about some of the young cornerbacks um, on the Vikings roster, and, and he goes to, um, to really talk about Holton Hill. So let's take a listen to that. Side, we mentioned Mike Hughes as a big addition, 30th overall pick. How's he looking? Well, so far, Mike Hughes has impressed the coaching staff. Really, the biggest thing for him is learning to cross-train. They're working him some in the slot. It's a position that he did not play a whole lot. One way or another, they expect he's going to be able to help him on the field this year. They really like his movement ability and his demeanor. The dude is all business when he gets out there. Like a lot of rookies, especially under Mike Zimmer, right now Hughes is working with the third string. And the rookie cornerback working opposite him is another name to remember, Holton Hill. Undrafted free agent out of Texas, Vikings really wanted to sign him so much so they gave him $75,000 in guaranteed money on his contract. One of the biggest guarantees you're going to find for an undrafted rookie around the league. They think that Holton Hill has starter ability, maybe the most physical corner who came out in this draft class. He's 6'2", runs a 4-4 range 40. Ability was never the question. It was off-the-field issues for Holton Hill, and specifically marijuana. I spoke to Holton about this today. He acknowledged he sought treatment for that last fall, got help with it, just identifying what he wanted his place in life to be. 
how he was going to get there, make better decisions. He said that he has not smoked since before he went and got that treatment. I asked him, how do you feel without it? He said, better. He's hanging around the veterans, soaking up as much as he can, making sure he's got positive influences around him. So that was Holton Hill, who is a player that really uh, most Vikings fans wouldn't have even known about. So he's, he's definitely a player that's under the radar, that's really turning some heads here at Vikings OTA's Wabi. I want to hear, Yeah. T- Tom Pelissero is an expert for sure, but you are the ultimate Vikings expert. <laughs> okay. So I want to hear Thanks. a player that, that you really, um, an okay. under the radar player that really has caught your eye so far. Well, I'll give you um, I'll give you two on offense and one on defense. How about Ooh, that? I, now, more the better. All right, the two on offense are a little dinged up right now, so they're not like full participants as the media has seen. Um, they've seen them working on the side, but when fully healthy, and obviously during OTAs, if you're a little dinged up, you're you're not participating because yep. I mean, there's no reason to risk it or push it uh, through an injury at OTAs. But those two on offense, Stacy Coley. And Tyler Conklin. Coley, second-year player, draft pick last year. I think he's a legitimate, strong candidate for WR3. Wow. Okay. I know we signed Kendall Wright. I know we have Laquan Treadwell. He's going to get every opportunity to be the WR3. But I think Stacy Coley is a legitimate challenger for that role. And if not WR3, I think WR4. So that's, a, that's a bold statement. I like him. Okay. I think he's coming along. Tyler Conklin, rookie. Looked really good at the rookie camp. Um you know, the week after the draft, uh, got a little dinged up. and But, I mean, he's a, uh, a smooth route runner, a clean catcher of the football, a guy who just has natural he, – he looks natural running routes and catching passes at the tight end position. So I've been impressed with him, and I like his demeanor. He's got the long hair. He's tatted up. He doesn't really care about anything except, like, playing football. So I like that about him. So he's been a little bit of a stand-up. And then third, a guy who's in his fourth season – and he plays defense, and he just looks physically, he looks good to me, Anthony Harris. Wow. Yeah, I yeah. love Anthony Harris is a good guy. Yeah, he's a great dude. He, he's starting to really know and understand this defense. He's yep. going into his fourth year. So if you think about it from like a collegiate program standpoint, he's, he's a senior yep. in this program. And, um, and obviously the two starting spots are locked down with Sandejo and Harrison Smith. But Sandejo is another guy who's been banged up, and I think Anthony Harris and J. Ron Curse have seen more playing time because of that. Absolutely. I think Anthony Harris has looked really good, and um, he's really built up. He's strong. He's got a really good-looking physique and upper body. And I just, you know, obviously Anthony played last year, had a really big forced fumble slash fumble recovery against the Rams in that game at U.S. Bank Stadium. So I think Anthony Harris is a guy who maybe won't be a starter but will be a contributor on our team this year who's looked really good in the offseason. And you know that defensive backs are always they're always in the middle of big plays, and yeah. there's always injuries that happen, especially Sandejo. Uh, last year missed a couple of games, and the past couple of years, Anthony Harris has come in and really done a pretty good job. Yep. Um, I can recall a play that he had in the uh, game against the Rams at home where right at the goal line he yeah, forced what, the fumble. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like yeah. he, that was a major play Huge. in that Rams game. I mean, they're going in for a touchdown on that play, and who knows how the how – the, the game goes. And then we score from that. It was like a 14-point swing. And the Rams never scored again. Yeah. You know, they scored on the first drive of the game, and it looked like they were going to score on that drive. Anthony Harris said, Niet! No touchdown <laughs> for you. And the Rams didn't sniff the end zone after that. So that was a big play by Anthony Harris. So I, I think he's looked really good. Absolutely. That's a good one. I, I totally agree with Anthony Harris, so I'm, I'm glad you brought that one up. Now we are going to go to our most fun segment 
okay. of of the day here on the Wobcast, and it's going to be a discussion slash debate sort of segment. We're going to try and do some more of these going forward because they are fun to do. So, um, you had a fan, my my man Jeff Kilty from Sacramento, California. That's right. He he's like. Hey, Wobby, he sent me this email, and it's like a three-page email, which I love. And I love awesome. when, yeah, I love when our fans engage with us, talk football with us. I love talking football with people who love football. Jeff emails me regularly. He ranked the 16 games from toughest to not toughest. So we're not going to do that. We're going to rank our five toughest games. I mean, we have the time, but no one wants to listen to us rank all 16. Plus, we don't want to insult any team by putting them as the 16th and make it sound like we think it's an easy game. Of course. There are no easy games. Never. But we're just going to rank the five toughest games. Each of us did our top five toughest games, so we're going to unveil those lists right now, compare them, and debate them. Yeah, we really – We I'm looking at our two lists right now. There's a couple of the same opponents, a couple different ones, Um I had a big emphasis on the away um, division games because I don't think those are ever going to be easy. I know we have a ton of tough opponents on the road this year, but those away division games, especially at Chicago and uh, at Detroit, is mm-hmm. always a tough one. And, of course, at Green Bay is tough. So those three are, are at the bottom of my list, three, four, five, at Lambeau to play the Packers, at Lions – and at Bears, because I'm never calling the Bears an easy game, and we know um, all of the additions that they had on offense this year. So that, That's right. and um, That's my three through five. I, I think we discussed this like two weeks ago, maybe. You know, team that, that won the offseason, had yep. the best offseason. Yep. Yours truly said? You said the Chicago the Bears. The Chicago Bears, man. They've had a really good offseason. Um, so I, I like that you put... Um, at Soldier Field in your top five. I had to. You put them fifth. So, um, in fact, you can go to uh, Chris's Twitter account, at C.A. Corso, and you can see both of our top fives. Um, and you can you can check out and compare your list to our list. Chris is going to put that up on his Twitter account, but we're going to run through them right here. So, you have fifth, you have Soldier Field, and I like that. Now, the only re- I don't have at Chicago in my top five and there's one reason for it. I was going to put it in there, but I didn't. Even though we've won two out of the last three games there with Zim. We have. Um, the reason I didn't is we have that one coming off a bye. That's right. Okay, so I think it's cool that it's on your list. It's not on mine, and that's why it's not on mine. Fifth on mine is at Lambeau. That's week two, and I just have too much respect for that team and for playing in that building to not have it in my top five. So I've got it at the fifth toughest game on our schedule. I think fifth's kind of low. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, you, you have it third. You have, have it, it as the third, third toughest. I, Aaron Rodgers coming back. I think he's going to be playing with a vengeance this year. Um, Mike Daniels in the middle of that defensive line is just always a, a threat. And, uh, yeah, I never count out that division game, even though we did go there. Uh, no Aaron Rodgers and win 16 nothing last year. Yeah, we, yeah. I, I mean, and um, and I'm not trying to disrespect him. I got him in there, you know. And you got him in there. The one thing, and as I said, you can see both of our lists at CA Corso right now on Chris's tw- on Chris's timeline. So go check it out. The one thing I like about both of our top fives, Chrissy, all of them are road games. That's right. All of them are no, road games. And 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 that's the one. If if we learned anything from the playoffs last season. You know, because there's always this debate, like, would you rather play this team, which is an easier team, and play them on the road, or would you rather play this tougher team but play them at home? It doesn't matter who you're playing. You want to be at home. 
You it's always, tough. Every time the Vikings are at home since I've been here, I think we have a chance to win. The yeah, game. I mean, so all five of each of our top fives are road games. So at number five, I have at Green Bay. Chris has at the Bears. Number four, Chris has at the Lions, which is week 16 at the Detroit Lions. I think it's December 23rd. That's Com- right. Week 16, December yeah. 23rd. Coming in at number four for me, and, and Chris and I are going to have a debate on this one right now because I have at number four at Philadelphia. Wow. Number four. Wow, that's low. And you have them at number one. That's (laughs) your toughest game. That is my toughest game of the schedule. I mean, you can say it's an obvious choice because they're the Super Bowl winners, but I just remember that was one of the road trips I was on last year, and I remember walking out to that field and those fans and that that environment is – it was scary. I mean, it was scary. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why I got him in my top five. I had a purple tie on. That was it. There was no Vikings gear yeah. or anything. And, and man, I uh, yells and, and that's right. So food being thrown around. I mean, that right. place is Lincoln Financial. Oh my gosh. So you got them at number one. That's my number one. I have that at number four, which means I have three games that I think are tougher than the one at Philadelphia. That's that's crazy. But they are. We do have some tough opponents. Okay. So, and I'm looking at your number three right yeah, now. Yeah, you hate it. I know you do. I only hate it. I know how tough. Wabi's number three is at Seattle. So we are at Seattle in that game. Um, that is, what week is that? Let's see. That is week 14 on a Monday night. Yeah, so now we get an extra we get an extra day to prepare for that game, obviously, because it's a Monday night. Yep. So that, that makes it a little bit easier. But what negates that extra day, in my view, is the fact that this this game at Seattle on the West Coast yep. is the week after we play New England at New England on the East Coast. So we're going coast to coast on the road in back-to-back weeks at Seattle in prime time. Really tough place to play, and we got to sit in our hotel all day on Monday. And that's never a, like a great thing to do before a game is sit around in your hotel for the whole day. All right, so I think this is a tough game. I understand everyone thinks Seattle's arrow is pointing down. It's still Russell Wilson. It's still the 12s. And it's a Monday night in Seattle on the West Coast after we were on the East Coast the week before. So at number three, I've at Seattle. You know what? I was really gonna gonna lay into you there. <laughs> yeah. And then that that reason of being on the East Coast before um, playing one of the best teams in the league, and then going over to the West Coast against a team that has played so well at home the past yeah. how many years now? Yeah. I I I like the reasoning. I'll I'll, I'll say that. Thank I you. like your I like your Thank your you. backup. We're on we're it. racking up the frequent <laughs> flyer miles there. Mr. Hippie's frequent flyer mile account is going up right there. Okay, so um now let's go to our top 2 uh, because we we agree on one but we have it in different spots and then yep. we each have a different one. So at number 2, the second Hardest um, game of the season for the Vikings, according to Chris Corso, is? It's going to be week 13, as we just mentioned, Sunday, December 2nd, 325. I'm sure it'll be some sort of game of the week or we'll get flexed or who knows yep. what the, what the what's going to be there. But we are at the New England Patriots, who I've been there multiple times going to school out there in Massachusetts. And, man, that is a tough place to play, um, especially against Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and – Man, that team, we, we know Gronk's back now. That team is going to be tough to beat anywhere, but to play them in their home stadium where those fans are probably right behind Philly in, um, in craziness. Mm-hmm. They're probably right just under Philly, but they are, I'm, 
They are crazy. Okay. So, man, that's going to be a tough game. Now, this is the toughest game on the Vikings schedule. I have it as number one. I know you have it as number two. You have Philadelphia as number one. Yep. But this is the toughest game on the Vikings schedule, and here's another reason why. It's Tom Brady. It's the New England Patriots. It's Gillette Stadium, and it's in December. It's freezing. Tom Frigid. Brady at home in December, what? 58 and 11. Wow. 58 and 11, Tom Brady at home in December. So um, to me, this is the toughest game on the Vikings schedule. Um, number two, so you have Patriots number two, and you have Eagles number one for reasons we've already explained. I have the Patriots as the toughest game on the schedule. There's a game you don't have in your top five, and it's ridiculous <laughs> that you don't have this game in your top five. And I know that you're sick and tired of hearing about this team. I am. I'm not a believer at all. I don't believe in their quarterback. I believe in their head, great head coach. I think they signed a bunch of – can I say Can I say boneheads on here? Um, <laughs> well, I mean – well, but 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 Sean McVay thinks he, they can be not boneheads. They have a lot for of them. talent. So, yeah, the players okay. they sign are all very. The talented. Rams at the Los Angeles Rams is the second toughest game on our schedule. Chrissy doesn't even have him in his top five, which is ridiculous. No home field advantage. Dude, there. this is on a short week. This it, is a Thursday night road game. There's no home field advantage in that. Okay, stadium. well we're gonna find out. <laughs> We're going to find out. Is this week four? I think it's week four. This is, let's see, I got it right here. Week four, Thursday okay. night, September 27th. We're coming off of a week three game at home against Buffalo. So hopefully that's um, a win. So hopefully we got some confidence. That's right. But seriously, I mean, at the Rams, great defense. Sean McVay um, on a short week on the road. I mean, that's a tough game if you ask me. So to review our top five, and you can see these at CA Corso on Twitter on Chrissy's timeline. But to review, our tough, our five toughest games of the season for the Vikings are this, according to us. You go first, Chris. All right, mine is going to be number five at Chicago Bears at Soldier Field. Number four at Detroit Lions. At number three at Lambeau against the Green Bay Packers. Number two at the New England Patriots at Gillette Stadium in that frigid, cold December weather. And then number one, going back in our return to Lincoln Financial Field to take on the Super Bowl defending champions, Philadelphia Eagles. All right, for me, number five at Green Bay in week two, number four at Philadelphia, number three at Seattle, back-to-back -back weeks on opposite coasts on the road, number two at the Los Angeles Rams because of the short week, and number one at Tom Brady and the New England Patriots in December where they are nearly unbeatable. That's the toughest game on the Vikings schedule. I'm, I'm just going to say that was a lot of fun. Yeah, man. That, that, was, that, that was a lot of fun to do. Um, rounding out the schedule, these are some games we left off. Okay. Week 1, September 9th. Yeah. We, we played, That's a tough game. We played the San Francisco yep. 49ers Everyone loves them. at home. Mm -hmm. Everyone loves them. That might be a tough game. And then the other one I'm going to bring up, and this is a team that Saints. has. Has to be the Saints. Yes. Yeah. Week 8, Sunday, October 28th. It'll be a night game, Sunday night football against the New Orleans Saints. We know they're ready to come back to U.S. It, Bank Stadium. And if this was like rank the five toughest teams, Oppon opponents, opponents yes. the Saints would be in my top five. But this is, this is the five toughest games 
And for me, they all have to be road games. I agree. They, it all has to be a road game. We've beaten the Saints so many times there at U.S. Bank Stadium. They haven't won yet. At <laughs> yeah, US. That's right. I hate to rub that They're in. like the face. Green Bay Packers. They can't win in our building. They cannot. Get they cannot right. win in our building. So holler at us on Twitter, at C.A. Corso, at Wabi. Let us know what you think are the five toughest games on the Vikings schedule. Chrissy has posted our top five lists on his timeline. We want you guys to holler at us on Twitter and let us know what your five toughest games are on the Vikings schedule. We're going to have a discussion topic every week on the Wobcast. That was this week's. If you have ideas on other fun discussion topics, make sure you leave that in our timelines as well. But for now, we're going to move on to the mailbag. So what do you got, Chrissy? All right, we're on to the mailbag. It's from Nate in Mankato. I keep hearing about Daniel Carlson's leg strength as a major reason we traded up to get him. What kind of high percentage range can we expect from him if he makes the team, is this someone Zimmer would feel comfortable attempting 50-plus yard field goals with regu- regularly? Well, yeah, if he makes the team and beats Kai Forbath in the kicking competition and Zimmer puts him on the 53-man roster, by definition, he is someone Zimmer would feel comfortable putting out there for a 50-plus yard field goal attempt. Now, let's remember, Kai Forbath won a training camp kicking competition last year and was our kicker last year, and made a 50-yard field goal in the freaking playoffs. So this is not something that Kai Forbath cannot do. And if you're counting Kai Forbath out already, you're making a mistake. But with that being said, Daniel Carlson was a draft pick. We traded up to get him, and he does have a huge leg. So um, he does stand a really good chance to win this kicking competition. Way too early to call, but the answer is yes. Daniel Carlson, if he makes the team, is someone Zimmer would feel comfortable with attempting 50-plus yard field goals regularly. He definitely has the leg strength to do it. The question is, does he have the accuracy, does he have the consistency, and can he do it under pressure? And that's what Zimmer has to discern over the next couple of months before final roster cuts. Well, I know when you look at kickers, you're not always looking at size, but when you look at him with a helmet on and out on the field, man, he looks like a football player. He's a tall drink of water now. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah. A, he's a big, big, big kicker. He has long legs. Um, watching him kick inside the facility where they're now able to kick field goals, do punts, all that. It was it was nice watching him kick, and obviously you can't count out Kai Forbath. Even Mike Prefer said it during um, his press conference this week that it's a, it's a competition. That's yeah. what you want. So. That's right. All right, we're moving on, and this one's from Brandon Peterson in Spicer, Minnesota. Brandon brings up something that we, we talked about previously on this episode with high praise of Mike Hughes and Holton Hill that they're getting right now, and Hughes being able to be a returner mm-hmm. for punts and kicks. Could this be the end for former golfer Marcus Sherrills? What are your thoughts, Bobby? I, I will not count Marcus Sherrills out prematurely. I'm the last one who's going to do it. He's one of my all-time favorite Vikings, and he has been defying and defeating the odds every step of the way in his career. He is the best punt returner in Vikings history, and so to count him out right now is another really big mistake. Let's let this guy compete and defend his job before we hand it over to Mike Hughes. I agree. Okay. You can never count him out. On top of that, Marcus Sherrills is an elite gunner on the punt team. He can, um, you know, he can help us in multiple phases on special teams. And Mike Zimmer on the TVs in the building where the team goes right now has on the rotating images a kick of Kai Forbath hitting a game-winning field goal at Soldier Field, and the header is special teams wins games. 
That's right. Okay, so the emphasis is there on special teams for this organization, and Marcus Sherrills is a standout on special teams. So could the selection of Mike Hughes and the fact that Mike Hughes can return, could that spell the end for Marcus Sherrills? Yes, it could, but it is not already done. Marcus Sherrills is going to compete, and it won't surprise me if he finds a way to stay on this roster because, as I said, he's been defying the odds every step of his career. So let's let these guys compete before we try and announce the winner of that competition. That's right. It'll be what his ninth year now with the yeah. Vikings? I mean the guy, the guy's gonna. I mean the guy's gonna be in the freaking Ring of Honor, and some people are still gonna be trying to get him cut. So let's just let the thing play out a little bit here. The Vikings' all-time leading punt returner. Yeah, and he's a great story. He's from Minnesota. He played at the Gophers. Oh yeah, you know how many punts he returned for the Gophers? How many? Zero. And he, okay. and he comes here. Zero. He comes here, and he's the best punt returner in, in the history of an NFL team. He returned zero as a member of the Gophers. So, I mean, the guy's been defying the odds, and don't count him out. Last one from Mike Boswell, at HarleyBZ49 on Twitter. Looks like I will be making my first home game at U.S. Bank Stadium. Do you have a suggestion on which game? We kind of just talked about this. Yeah, we talked about um, road know, games. We yeah. talked about the toughest games on the Vikings schedule. All of them are road games. So let's talk about the home games, Chrissy. I got two. Uh, uh, I would uh, maybe three. I got three that I would suggest. Number three would be the home opener. If you can get to the home opener, that's pretty cool. San Francisco 49ers, week one, season opener, home opener for the Minnesota Vikings against Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyle Shanahan, Jarek McKinnon, and the San Francisco 49ers. Number two, the New Orleans Saints game. That's a cool game. If you can get into the building for that game, it's a primetime game. Is that Sunday Night Football? It yeah. is. Yep, it so is. So that's number two for me. Number one, also Sunday Night Football. I think the best game on the home schedule is the home game against the Green Bay Packers. It's after our bye, I believe. It's also a Sunday night it's, game. It's two weeks after the bye. It's two so weeks it's after right, the bye. Okay. It's right there. Yep. I think that's a super cool game. We opened U.S. Bank Stadium in uh, or sorry, we opened U.S. Bank Stadium against the Packers in a Sunday night football game, and it was an awesome game. We won 17-14. to I think that's going to be another awesome game this season. Sunday night football, Packers at Vikings. That is the best home game on the schedule, according to me. What do you think? I agree with all those three. I really do. I, I would say Packers, then Saints, and then obviously the home opener at number three. So I'm right there with you, but I am going to bring up the game against the Arizona Cardinals. Ooh, Sam Bradford Bowl. Yep, it, that'll be week six. Sam Bradford coming back if he's healthy at that point um, on October 14th on a Sunday at noon. So um, I just remember when we played the Cardinals a couple years ago and Xavier Rhodes had that, like, amazing pick six. Oh, yeah, six. he had a pick six. Yeah, yeah, yeah like that was 99 like, or 100 yards. Yeah, yeah and, right. the, and that team was really good back then. And, yep. and I think when they're returning David Johnson in this game, and hopefully he's healthy this year because you never want to see one of the top players in the league go down, I think that that's a team to be reckoned with there. Nice um, one. With a new coach. And then the last one I'm going to say, just because, man, I hate this team. Detroit. Detroit. You hate Detroit. I really – I don't hate the Bears as much because they just haven't given us, since I've been here, that much trouble – um, Detroit, I just can't st I can't stand Matt Stafford at US Bank Stadium. <laughs> well, yeah, they're 2-0 here. I oh, those two games we lost when uh, Golden Tate flipped into the end zone in that one game, uh, which, like, you never see those type of losses at US Bank Stadium. And for some reason, Matt Stafford comes here, and he just finds a way to win. And I, oh, I can't stand him. So that's the game I'm saying. If you want to be at a game where we're going to be get going full 100% throttle, 
um, that's the game. All righty. I like it. We got one more thing before we wrap everything up. It's uh, an NFL uh, slash Vikings legend, Chris Dolman. He joined NFL up to the minute to discuss his recent battle with cancer. Chris underwent surgery and is battling cancer. So fans, you may not know that about Chris, but he is spe- uh, speaking out about that. And he did so recently on NFL's Up to the Minute. So here's some sound from Vikings legend Chris Dolman. He wore number 56, and that is the Hall of Famer Chris Dolman. Here he is in 2012 with family as he was enshrined in Canton, Ohio. Chris Dolman was playing golf back in January when he didn't feel well. Went to the doctor, found out he had a brain tumor, and then was rushed into surgery. That surgery was back in January, and it is great. I cannot say how great it is to have the Hall of Famer Chris Dolman joining us now live on NFL Network from his home near Atlanta. Chris, how are you feeling? Some days are better than others. Today I felt a little bit like I was almost, my head was spinning. I take these anti-seizure medicines that really make you feel awful. I know, you know fr- balance and everything. I know you're looking forward to Friday, though, because you're going back home to York and William Penn High School with the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It is being called an official high school, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. They're putting a plaque there, and you get to go home. Are you looking forward to that? I am. I know a lot of the teachers, and I know a lot of the, you know, a lot of the, you know, people I went to school with. It would just be good to be in it back home, period. What does it mean to have that plaque in your high school and to become the 120th high school in America that has that designation from Canton? You know what? It means a lot. It means a lot for the kids that are there who walk past it every day. There's an opportunity for them to do something different, you know, in their life. It doesn't have to take the, the, uh, you know, you know, you have other options. That's what made it great. That's what makes you great. So they can do a lot of stuff. I mean, you know, it allows them to be, to, um, to really see how far they can really go in this world. Because I can tell you what, when I was playing for York, when I was a little kid, I never thought my wildest dreams I would ever be in a pro football hall of fame. Also never thought that I had brain cancer either. It came out of nowhere. You were playing golf, Chris, back in January. You weren't feeling well. And the next thing you know, you were having surgery. For those who don't know, glioblastoma is the same kind of brain cancer that Senator John McCain in Arizona is battling right now as well. It happened on the golf course. Did you have any signs that anything was wrong before that? No, I had the only thing I had was a little runny nose and a little droop in my lip. You know, my left side is weaker than my right side. And that was that has been the the tipping point. I know we saw a picture recently online of John Randall, your old teammate, and the two of you getting back together and everyone wishing you well. We cannot tell you, Chris, how happy we are to have you on the air to see you as you battle here and to know that Friday is going to be such a great honor back at your high school, William Penn High School. It's great to have you traveling again as well. Travel safely and good luck. Sir. Thank you. All right, Chrissy. 
jam-packed show. Is that everything? That's everything. I shout out to Chris Dolman. I was a I was a fan of of his towards the end of his career growing up, and man, he was something to deal with on the defensive line for sure and he's going to be something to deal with for cancer so uh our our thoughts and prayers with chris dolman and his family uh during his battle and uh and we know he's going to come out victorious all right that's going to do it you came out victorious because you're still listening to the end of the wobcast another long one and another fun one and we thank you very much for doing it otas conclude this week but the action does not die because mandatory minicamp is next week so we'll have another jam-packed wobcast next week make sure you stay tuned for that in the meantime stay tuned to vikings.com tons of coverage of your favorite team brought to you every single day on vikings.com and the fine hard-working folks at the vikings entertainment network on behalf of chris corso i'm wabi signing off for now see ya